It's our friend that we all know. We've grown to love her, really. I hope. <laughs> Please. <laughs> she just has really good things to say, and I don't think a lot of people know that side of Kaylee. It's because she's usually just like talking about culture or Beyonce or Beyonce or uh, Chance, the rapper. Chance. You know, but I want you all to see the other side, the Kaylee that I've known for a long time who invests in people consistently and intentionally wants to see people grow, but also just has really good things to say about life in general, which sounds vague, but you'll agree with me by the end of this episode in 45 minutes, set the timer (laughs) or less. (laughs) You will understand what I'm talking about, but Kaylee, we literally were just talking before uh, we recorded. Kaylee always has really great t-shirts. I was like, where do you get these t-shirts? And she was like, well, and she names like 14 different places that none of which I've ever shopped at. I've looked at the websites and like put it in my cart, but I've never purchased yeah, anything. It is because you said it the other day, if I leave the app that I found it in, like if you see it in Instagram and you like open it, mm. but then you leave the app to go to the website, you are committed. Done. You're yeah. buying it. You're buying it or you're staying in Instagram and not buying it. One you're of the two. adding it to your cart. <laughs> One of the two things is happening. And I never, let me tell you why things get left in my cart. I don't want to get up and go get my card. Oh. You have it memorized, don't you? Well, so a lot of places use like Shopify or Apple Pay on your phone. And you just, you, all you have to do is double click your lock button. And it pays with Apple. It's amazing. I have Apple Pay. You need to start activating that bad boy. Like if, if that's a choice where you're shopping, you don't have to do anything. I can be in the, I have bought stuff from my bathtub. No joke. In my tub. Do you shop in the tub? Okay, you're a bath person. I am. So sometimes I'll put my laptop up on a stool and watch shows. Like if I just want to chill, I'll do that. Worship music, podcast, you name it. Like if I'm sore, Epsom salts, I do that in the tub. How long do you stay in there? As long as it's warm. That can be like hours. I need someone to invent a thing that you put in the water. For people that don't have jet tubs, let me just rewind. I just have a tub. I just have a basin that you can put water in. I need someone to invent something you can stick in one of those to keep it warm. And I would be in there forever. I'd watch TV from there. I'd eat. Even when you get like raisiny and pruny, you don't care? Don't care. I love it. I'm so interested because I just never want to stay in that long. Shop in the tub. Read a book. I will read. I used to do that all the time. I like that. I haven't done that since I lived with my parents. Why? Oh, you should. Let's go deeper. Try that tonight. Why do I? <laughs> why something do I from not? your childhood is holding you back. It is. Something is. I think it's. <laughs> I know now how often I clean my tub. I think is what holds me back. Yeah. After the whole bed sheet conversation y'all have had and all of that, like I am not the cl- most clean, most hygienic. I am. About I think some it's hygiene. I, th- I don't know though, because then hygiene. I feel like I do have good hygiene, but I don't wash my sheets once a week. I don't. I can't. But then I googled it today because oh, no. I really wanted to know, like, what for real, for real, for real, what is it? And the most anyone said was every two weeks. And let me tell you, don't Google it because when they explain to you why you need no, to wash them more, know. you just don't want to know that. I don't. I can't. You don't. I you get don't want to know it. Sheets clean though. Like I, I'm a night shower, night bath person. It said if you don't shower before you go to bed, you oh. need to wash your sheets once a week. I would do it every day. I know. I would just. I have to be clean to get in the bed. I <sighs> I don't. I don't. I just don't. Let's do stop that. talking. We're feeling bad about ourselves. <laughs> I've got a lot of shame in my heart about it. Okay. So what kind of inspired this episode was I asked you and Kari on the first episode of Did Anyone Tell You of 2021. I said, what's your like goal? The thing that you know you want to aim toward in 2021. And your answer is such a point of growth, I think, for you. And I think it could be for so many other people. So 
for 2021, just share what you want to see happen. Yeah, uh, I think I said I told you all then that I don't really like to pick a word for the year. I've just never really been that person. But that morning I had a meeting with the girl that I'm mentoring and we were reading this curriculum that's given to us. So like I was just doing my daily thing and it had us go to Second Chronicles. And that's the part of the Bible where God asks Solomon, who's king at the time, Basically, like if you had anything you could ever want, if you could ask me, God, what do you want? And the dude's like, wisdom and knowledge. I want to lead the people in wisdom and knowledge. And like, who asked for that? I would have asked for, could you tell me what's next? And I think any of us would have asked that. Or what's my future going to be? Or when am I going to die? Or how many kids am I going to have? Like, whatever the question is. And he just said wisdom and knowledge and just blew me away. And so I went in talking with her just about, okay, we're here on New Year's Eve of this year, 2020. That's what I want. I... I have been asking God for specific answers, and we all do. You know, what's the next thing? What's What am I supposed to do here? How am I supposed to walk in this? And instead of just asking all these specifics, just give me wisdom and knowledge. Like, I'll, you'll get me there. Just give me that instead of specific things. I was thinking about that. I was probably thinking about recording this episode, but driving in this morning, that, that Solomon asked for that, that he asked for wisdom. And I was thinking, I wonder why he would ask that. But if you... Step back from it for a second. All the things that you just named, like, tell me what's next. Mm -hmm. Tell me when I'm going to die. Tell me all of these things. If you have wisdom, it's like, you know, you can walk through those things. Not easily, but you know, you're going to get it right. You know, so it's just such a a, a broader, like big picture answer than the, the instant gratification of something like right now. And then I thought, would I be patient with the wisdom? You know, I don't think I'd always like what wisdom required of me. Because yeah. I know in my life now, I don't like what wisdom requires yeah. of me. I listened to a podcast and it said when making a decision, one of the questions it said to ask yourself was, what's the wise thing to do? And every time so far that I have done that, I'm annoyed at what the wise thing to do is. I don't like it. <laughs> because it just doesn't give me the instant gratification that I'm looking for. So... I know that much of what you hope to see happen is tied to how willing you are to pursue it, to create the space for it. And in a lot of ways, your willingness to go deeper. But you are one of the most driven people I know. You want to go deeper. For you, that comes almost naturally to a degree, whether it's professionally or personally. Once kind of you get your head set on doing something, how do you keep moving on it? Because I know a lot of us struggle with that concept of it gets hard and we just want to back away from it. I want to quit. (laughs) A lot. I really do. There are moments I'm like, in name it, I want to quit. But and I think the gut answer is that I'm just stubborn and hard headed. And I am ask my mother. I mean, I am just if I want it, I want it. If I see that that's the right way to go, like, let's do it. And I just like to get stuff done. I think it doesn't have to be my own thing. It can be if it's something I'm really passionate about, like, set me on fire. I'm running around the building and we're going to set everyone else on fire. I just, it's something just innate in me. It could be anything like problems, causes, whatever. It's just kind of who I am to champion things like that. If it's not mine, it's okay too. Like if you can tell me your idea or your uh, vision or your dream and you're excited about it, I don't have to, that doesn't have to be my thing. But if you're pumped and you know how to like tell me, let's go together. Like I love team stuff. I love coming around with a team and doing an idea and just like, let's get it done. And also, why are we still talking about it? And why are we like not getting started? And I even like even little things like if I want to buy something, I see it on Instagram. And I'm like, I'm gonna buy that. I'll buy it right then. Like, why? What? Why am I waiting? Why am I you definitely do not waffle around on anything? No. And that's not great. That's really impulsive of me. But that's just kind of how I was built. I'm gonna think when it comes to like, 
my life, like who I am as a person or what I want to see, what I want to do, what I want to be, that kind of flows in the same direction too. I want, I want more. I want to take that step. What will I take to do that? How far will I push myself? What person can I ask to help me? What book can I read? It's just this gut drive. I keep making a fist and you can't see me doing that, but it's that I don't know how to describe the feeling in my soul to just move forward. And the things that make me the angriest in my life, I have come to realize even little tiny things is if someone else or something else is in the way. And I'm just like, why are we not, why are we not moving forward? So I think it's just kind of built into my DNA. I've said this about you so many times. You don't just get things to like a finish line. It's like, a hundred feet past the finish line. It's done. Surprise. Whatever you wanted it to be, it's going to be better by the time we finish it. But have you ever quit on something? I can think one scenario, this is not super serious, but I wanted to quit the volleyball team in high school every year because my coach was just so harsh. And I played club too. And there was only one year my dad let me quit. And I don't even remember why I wanted to, but that was the only time he let me quit. And there were many times in my life that I told him like, I'm quitting, I'm done. And he would write me a letter and tell me why, or send me an email and just be like, Hey, here's why I don't think you'll regret it. I mean, I wanted to transfer colleges in school. And he wrote me a letter and was like, this is dumb. Don't do it. Here's why. And I think it, it probably came from him just like not letting me quit. And even now, like, we had a project we were working on for an event this past month and I was frustrated with it and I wanted to just quit. I was like, you know what? This idea is not going to work. Let's just stop. And part of me knows I'm not going to quit. Like I want to push through and see what we can actually make of it. It's not going to be what we thought it was going to be. And yeah, maybe that won't work out, but it's almost like this is a problem to solve now. So, you know, you're not going to quit because that's not who you are. And that's not what these people expect from you. I tried to quit band once and my mom wouldn't let me. I was awful and it wasn't even <laughs> fun. Like I could not. Like, it's there not was, fun. There wasn't a note to be hit. And I remember begging my mom in the parking lot of the middle school, like, let me quit yep. today, sign the paper. And she would not let me. So I think that's why I quit a lot of things now is just, you to, can. just to tell her I yeah. can. You know what Look I quit today, Carol? Uh, <laughs> Quit my diet. I call her every day. Guess what? I quit. <laughs> but I have through this, you know, you pursue things. And once you go after them, like we said, you, you see them to completion. But it also you show up for people and you push people to go deeper. It's not something that you do like just on a personal level level. But you really have been an example of that to me of the power of just showing up for, with people. Like if you say you're going to be there, you're there. If you say you're going to do it, you do it. And it seems like it's almost instinctual to you that it just comes naturally now because you've done it for so long. How did you, how did that become a practice for you instead of a last resort? Like all of us are in desperation. We'll just keep doing it because we have to, Mm. but it seems like you go into it knowing I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep going deeper no matter what it looks like. That's a good question. I think honestly, it took a crisis in my life for me to understand why to go deeper and how to do it. I've always like loved digging in scripture or like finding the answer. If that means research or whatever, I've just enjoyed that. And I like, I like the spiritual disciplines. I like all of those things, but I was never really good at many of them. And I always kind of give up on prayer. You know, we always start a journal and we're handwriting and then we kind of quit because it's just other things happen. But I had a foundation, but it wasn't what I needed. It kind of just was, you know, you do this as a good Christian girl or you, you know, you're in ministry and you need some fuel. So you just keep going. But I think it took that crisis where I found my place, myself in a place where I was 
like waiting for God to do something new. And I knew something was like on the brink, like around the corner. And I have journals back then that I didn't finish that I was writing like prayers and just saying, all right, God, like, I feel like, you know, I've been doing this certain thing for three years and I kind of feel like I've settled into my job or my person. And I just like want to know, you know, what's next. And I felt him like stirring something up. Um, But what he had was not at all what I thought it was going to be. And it was honestly the opposite. And so if you fast forward from that journal entry a couple years down the road, I was facing this really dark period. And looking back, I think that itch that he was giving me then to draw near to him and to ask him for the next thing and to kind of reach out and say, okay, something was happening was on purpose before everything just kind of fell apart and the bottom fell out. He was stirring in me just this heart to find him and to talk with him and to know him in an intimate way that like you hear about, but you don't actually know until you do it. And so I decided in that time, I really need to start writing down what God's doing. And I was still kind of in a good place and nothing had broke yet. And so I just kind of switched to this digital journaling, um, which I think I've talked about before. I love it rather than handwritten because I was going to quit on that and couldn't make a habit out of it. But that journal journaling piece that I added in because I just felt God pulling me closer to him and I wanted record of that was really what saved me. I kind of just started it to document like, you know, people tell you, write down what you're asking of God so you can look back and it's great. And that's true. And most of my entries at the beginning were just like, hey, God, today I did this and this hurt my feelings or this was great. Just kind of a diary, really. And then some was like a typed out verse of scripture and just like two thoughts that I had about it. Some was like, quick prayer. Some was just like angry, you know, feelings just to type it out. Cause I'm, I have a, I'm a big feeler. I am, but I'm not a big expresser. And so getting that on paper was kind of, you know, what was good for me, but I wrote every single day and I am like looking at this app on my computer now. And I can go back to like 2016, 2017, when I started journaling and see just what God was doing. And I know you joke that you like have a bad memory and I have some great memory. I don't have that great of a memory when it comes to feelings. So it was good for me to like go back and just see what God was doing. And it just kind of turned into this sacred place where I met with God. I mean, even though it's like whipping out my computer, but I could do it in the tub. I can do it on my phone. It just kind of turned into this great place. Just processing with Jesus in a way that kind of brought out this vulnerability that I didn't know I had and didn't know I needed. Like, I did not know I felt some of what I was feeling until I was typing it. I mean, there are times when I'm writing and it's like, whoa, I actually feel that way. And what does that mean? And what is God trying to get me to do? Instead of just like, all right, I got to meet with Jesus 15 minutes today. It became a necessity. I have to sit down and meet with him because I cannot make it through this season without constant communication with God. And for me, it was just journaling. And honestly, like to this day, I mean, I didn't journal today and I'm feeling a little weird about it, but I can go back and see almost an entry every day this season, just when things are, you know, you need to process with him. And so it definitely turned into a need and not just like a, oh crap, like I'm in a bad place and now I don't know how to talk to God. So he definitely stirred that up for me. Do you think to a degree, I mean, you spoke about this vulnerability piece and you and I have known each other. I mean, since like youth group days, high school forever, you know? Oh yeah. Even though I'm markedly older than you, we've known each other a long time and I've never known you to be a vulnerable person. Yeah. I mean, it just didn't come naturally to you. And I think you said it so well when you said, I'm a big feeler. I'm just not a big expresser. Mm -mm. Like it's all going on on the inside, but I'm not always letting it out. I'm not showing you what it is. And at times it can come out in ways you don't want it to, you know, or in ways you don't mean it for it to. But I will say, you know, you touched on vulnerability and 
I had, and I will call it an honor of walking with you through mm-hmm. that season. And you let me see. Oh, you saw vulnerability. You saw so much. <laughs> and, and that's, I think, when I learned the importance of showing up for people. Mm-hmm. Like, and it wasn't even, we never, we didn't really do anything. Yeah, it wasn't formal. No, it was just come sit at the pool, come mm-hmm. over and hang out on Christmas Eve. But this vulnerability to a degree and why I press in on it is do you think, to some point, you journaling, it was God teaching you mm. not just a vulnerability with him, but to let others see that side of you. How often ha- before that had you found yourself mm. being that vulnerable, being open? I mean, God's not always sending a lightning bolt of life change where you're going to come out of it immediately and it's better. You right. said years. Yeah, I think I'm a big control person too. I don't necessarily have to control everything around me. I just don't want to be controlled by something. And I think a circumstance that happens to you very much feels like it's controlling you and you can't, you know, you can't get done with it when you want to be done with it. And still to this day, people navigating that is true. But I think for me, journaling was my only sense of like control too and processing. And yeah, I think great point. Like I could process in my journal and know kind of where I stood. So if someone were to ask me back then, how are you doing? I would have a few words that I could say. I hate being that person that's like, how are you doing? I'm good. Like, I I just don't like that. It just feels false. And it is false. We all do it. But but it's also when people ask you, you don't. Like, and you, we can't you, say. It's my least favorite question. <laughs> yeah. I hate when people are like, how are you doing? I'm like, you don't really. You don't you have just time wa- for this. You want me to say good. <laughs> yeah. You want me to say I'm good. What so would you, you say if I was. I know. I'm bad. But it's, it <laughs> is true. Like, you don't have time to sit here and hear, hear how I am, but it could give, it gave me a space where I could put words around my feelings and process them in a safe place where I could then come and maybe someone asked me a question about it or I was working with, you know, friends or coworkers through different things and, you know, topics come up and, you know, how's Kaylee feeling on that? Like it gave me a place where I could process safely. So it's not always that you, you know, I could control those feelings and those things, but it was a good place where I could at least start. And it does make you feel like, you're doing something in your suffering. Like, yeah, I don't have control over the circumstance. I want it to be done. It's not going to be done. And I can write and type in here how I think, oh, I should be done in two more years. and I should be good with this. and I'll be healed and whatever. And then look back and see like, I was not healed two years ago. I was not healed on that day when I'm over here crying about not being healed. Like, it's just a good marker and a good safe space that I can then bring it out into the open if I want to. And like you said, like, I don't, share openly with a ton of people I still don't I have grown a lot in that well and even you said it when you said you know it was a safe place to kind of process it all so if someone asked you mm. you could answer it because otherwise if you're just carrying it around and someone asks you oh it's, it's too out. overwhelming yeah. to think what you could say so you do just say oh I'm fine I'm good mm-hmm. everything's fine you know mm-hmm. like I think for me that comes the most naturally or I just I don't even know what I'm saying. And by the end of the conversation, I can't remember anything right. that I did say because it just, it all came out at once in a mess. But one thing you did mention, and I don't know that you said it, but you said 15 to 30 minutes in the morning wasn't cutting it. Mm, I was needing yeah. time every few hours just to make it through the Ugh, day. Cause there yeah. are those seasons that, you know, you can wake up and you can do your quiet time and you can up and you're mm-hmm. going, but it's like something is is in the background, yeah, you know, like yeah. that, that feeling is almost always there mm-hmm. and it's just hovering in the background behind you and you can't get rid of it. So I thought it was really important that you said that, that you're not by any means saying, put your thoughts on a piece of paper and you're good and walk out. Yeah. yeah you're, like fine. you're fine. You've left it there. <laughs> you're good. But I just love how you said it. I was needing it 
every few hours well, just to make it. There are entries in here that I know that took, that weren't just one sitting. So I would put like a line break when I was done and I would come back and fill other things. And there are some days in here where there's like six line breaks. And that means I was in that journal six times that day for different things, different updates. Sometimes I would switch to scripture. It was just, I needed it wasn't just documenting my days. It was meeting with God. And I needed that. Like there were days where I'm like on my knees and my computer's on my couch and I am crying, typing out something that I needed to process right then. But you know, we shy away from that kind of pain. Mm-hmm. So often we want to just, I'm a compartmentalizer. I will find a box in my head and I, I will boxes. shove it in the box and yep. move it to the side and just not look at it again. I'll just pretend like it's not there. But what can be learned from actually walking through it? Or in some cases, having to spend time staying in it, where it feels like you're not moving in any direction. And you're just coming back to it over and over. And it's the same thoughts and the same feelings. Mm -hmm. How do you not be okay? But how do you just keep like knowing there is, there's abundance, like in the deeper you go, the more you're going to find. Yeah, I this question makes me uncomfortable because it's good. And I love to move forward. I, I hate being stuck. I hate it. And I was stuck. Like those circumstances that come that you just can't change and you're in them. And I hated that feeling. And this is something new that I'm learning, which like we said years, it's still going. So we're learning things now. If I don't take the time to walk through it when it's presented to me, I'll have to do it again. And it, you know, we know that you don't pray for patience because God will put something in your life and test you. And then you don't learn it. You got to do it again. That's true. And maybe it won't be exactly the same circumstance or the same situation, but you'll get stuck if you don't set aside the time to process the trigger or the pain or the hurt that you're experiencing. And I'm not talking about like time healing wounds because it doesn't unless you process. You can't just grin and bear it and get to the other side of your circumstance. You've got to go through it to, in order to process that and to take steps to move forward. And so many times I thought, and I can go back and read them, I thought I was healed because a certain amount of time had passed or I had given myself a finish line or a, a goal and I got the goal and I was moving forward. And I thought, all right, well, good, we're healed. And that's not true because I didn't actually process all of the pain and the new pain that comes. It's not like you're just processing one circumstance. New stuff unfolds as you're walking through a season and you've got to process the new pain on top of the old stuff. And so if you're not working through it, you're not actually going to be moving forward. You're just going to be toughing it out. And I, I honestly, like, I know I said, I don't, I'm not a quitter and I quit once in volleyball, but I, I want to quit and I have wanted to quit so many times because it is hard and does hurt And it's definitely easier to say I'm fine and to go through the motions and to numb out. And I compartmentalize too. I'm a big compartmentalizer. Put it in a box. I'll open it later. Um, I like to stay busy. I like to clean. If I'm cleaning, I'm stressed (laughs) out or I'm hurting and I want to just ignore it. I sleep. I sleep to like pass time Mm -hmm. so that I'm not awake, sad or awake, Mm -hmm. angry. I definitely did that. Or just checking out on your life with video games or online shopping. That's my thing now. Online shopping. Get into the tub. But I think one of the things that really changed it for me in those seasons was counseling. I like that we've made counseling okay to talk about. I think that's something our generation has done and like changed a narrative about that. And I I love that it's not only normal to have that, but it's normal to talk about it. It's a safe place to talk about, but definitely Mm -hmm. for me changed my life. And I knew it was something I needed back then. And luckily it was so available to us. I was able to do that. So I... I go now 
because I, I know I need someone to challenge me in that processing of that pain. Am I still taking steps? I was feeling like just in my season, did you, are you, are you really healed? Are you really getting there? Like, are you actually still facing these things? And now that that 2020 was so rough, like just in general with isolation and loneliness, am I navigating that hurt? Am I just trying to walk past it? You just need somebody to process that doesn't have bias or judgment on you or someone, if you have a good therapist, to ask you hard questions, serious prompts and hold you accountable to all the stuff that you want to grow in. Because I think there's dimensions to your life that if you're cool with just being in the shallow and just living in that and just not being self-aware and just working through your life and, you know, picket fence and just doing the thing, that's great. But there's so many deeper dimensions that if we're not even accessing those, we are not growing. Like you are not, you know, addressing your childhood stuff or your work situation that's hurting you or your relationship um, dynamics. Do we have someone that's that's doing that for us. And it's time consuming and it is so scary. I've had four counselors and it's still scary to find one and to reach out to them and ask them to meet with you. But I think the payoff for that is just, is just so much more worth it than any money you'll ever spend trying to find somebody. And you can only get so far by yourself. You know, so many people just want relief Mm -hmm. and they think the relief will come from a counselor. They think, you know, they might listen to you say journaling is where you'll find relief that, you know, it's just like, we get so hungry for just, we just don't want to feel these things anymore. And someone, you know, is probably listening who's done their best to go deeper, but it just, it hasn't provided Mm. what they expected it to. What would you say to that for those that are like, I want this relief. I'm trying, but it's just not happening. I read this question and like my stomach hurt because I've been here And I have had conversations recently with people who just want to break, you know, from whatever God is doing in their life. And I have, I have begged, I mean, I have snot nose cried, begged God to give me relief before. And I can say today, I mean, obviously we've all had so much going on the last year as a nation, as a world, that I still have moments where I'm like, God, just like, let me out of it. And he hasn't swooped down and just plucked me out. He's done a lot, so much work in my life for the past four years. And I can look in my journal and see it. And he's not done because I'm still here. And I think the big picture answer, which I don't like to give, is just to keep pushing. I hate when people tell me this. Just keep going. Just push into the hurt. Don't try to escape. Don't try to numb or find a shortcut out because going deeper will always be hard. And you will always meet resistance and you will always be tired. But it is always worth it. And I still tell myself this every day, just keep pushing because I'm not on the other side of of that looking for that relief. But the day-to-day answer that I would actually tell you if you were like sitting across from me and I have told people before is to give yourself some grace because you can't dig deep and push hard every day. You do get tired and you do run into obstacles and you do have real life that happens and kids that need things and friends that need things and you know, you just want to check out. So maybe there is a day where the most you can do is just listen to a worship song on repeat. I've had those days. I've had days where I've just put the audio Bible on in the car because I knew I wasn't going to have the energy to sit down and to read and really, you know, do my due diligence and hearing from God. Maybe you couldn't bring yourself to journal that day because it was just too hard to write down. I've had those days, but you could text a friend and just say, hey, just pray for me. And someone who actually will pray for you, send them that text that day. But it isn't, like going deeper isn't just all or nothing. Like it isn't going deeper a hundred percent, like nonstop all the time. It's small steps and it is definitely setbacks. And I would tell anyone that's okay. 
And so for me, sometimes I just got to try something new. I do this a lot, switch up kind of where I'm getting fills from. So if it's a different book or a podcast or a Bible app devotional, if I just want to focus on praying, praying in a new way, like maybe it's a written prayer that someone wrote in a book that I want to start praying daily. And sometimes it's just asking myself a hard question that I spend all day processing. So like, you know, what's your dream relationship? What's your dream job? What's your dream location? Just asking myself something prompted by a book or a friend or whatever, and just processing that with God throughout the day. But it's just wrestling with these things instead of just feeling the need to push, 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 push. Just make space for God, whatever that looks like, and give yourself grace when you're tired, because you will be. On that making space piece, you know, you said it earlier, we want to numb it or fill it Mm. with enough noise that we don't have to think about it. And I even think about, you know, in, in seasons that I've walked through and walking through, you will have the, the most well-meaning friends in your life mm-hmm. who love, you know, they love you, but you also know like what they're telling you to do. Like they want you to be out of it just as much as you yeah. do. And so they kind of want to just say, well, stop doing that mm-hmm. or quit that or walk away from it or do this instead or go here, talk to this person. Like what, the, what looks black and white to them and they mean well because yeah. they love you. Yeah what looks black and white, you're like, I'm living in the gray right now. Mm -hmm. I don't, it's not that black and white. And I don't think that's what God wants for me. I don't necessarily think he wants me to take the easy way Mm -hmm. out, you know? And Mm -hmm. that's even harder because you want to say, well, they are telling me and I trust them and there there's wisdom and you want to, and that's even more leaning into that concept of an unbiased opinion of a counselor or someone who doesn't know your emotions on it yet necessarily, Mm -hmm. or doesn't know what everyone else is telling you is the right thing. I think that even more speaks to the value of an opinion like that. Yeah. We have this like culture of self-help and self-care. And especially this year, I think companies capitalized on, on that to us. And what's the quick fix to get rid of this wrinkle? And what's the quick fix to change my wardrobe to be cool or comfortable? Or, I mean, I fall for that all the time. What thing, Jade Roller, what thing can I buy, you know, to fix my face? And I think our friends, and our people and I do that too to our people who are going through hard things. And we're like, oh, well, what's the thing? I read this great book. Yes. And then, and two, I'm telling you, I'm journaling and I want that to work for you. But it might not and might, might not be what God wants for you. Maybe he still wants you to sit in it and, and suffer in it and not, you know, don't quit your job and don't move and, you know, don't cut out that relationship. Maybe it is the opposite thing. And it's just that, like you said, make space to have willingness to ask God for you what that is and not asking, you know, all these other people and things. Well, I mean, even the, we talked about asking for advice or not asking for mm-hmm. advice. And I know that you are not one of those people that I've ne- I actually have never heard you say, <laughs> well, what would you do? What do you, uh, what do you think about it? You know, that makes me feel so jerky. <laughs> it's no, very true. It's That's true. Nine times out of 10 though, you've already solved it in your head. I already you know, have like, 10 options and I picked I one. I already know what I'm going to do, but <laughs> is there like a piece of advice that you've gone back to over and over just throughout this walk that you're on this season that you found yourself in? I love this question because I was like, I'm not going to be able to pick one. And I went back through my journal and was just looking through. And the one that really rang true is honestly not that profound. And I had to write it in a way that made sense because the way I had a counselor tell me this in an intensive that I was at a few years ago, and I was telling her, it was so crazy. I was sitting there telling her, I want to move forward. I don't want to be stuck. And that was the theme of the week, which is still the theme now. And she just looked at me and she just said, what God is doing in your life right now is the best place for you to be. And it sounded 
it sounds really silly and it's probably not even fully grammatically correct, but what God is working on in you right now is better than anything else you could be doing. Whereas I wanted to say, rescue me from this spot, pick me up and put me over here. That's where I want to be. But that's not actually what was best for me. What was best for me is what he's doing exactly in this moment. And the same is true for all of us. We want to be out of it and we want to move forward and we want to be, you know, whatever, a better leader, a better mom, a better wife. But this exact moment of God working through hard things in you is exactly where you need to be. It's like right smack dab in the middle of his will. And it feels, it feels wrong because we, I do want to move forward, but also accepting that like, I'm not going to get better for my time anywhere else. I just need to be in it instead of wishing I was out of it. Anything that you do when you find yourself, you know, we talked about it's something that is in the background always. It's a feeling almost like when you do have a great day, sometimes it still feels like there's something hovering and you've almost forgotten about it for a second, but some part of your brain and heart knows it's there and pushes it back to the front. What about the days that it's not in the background on those days where it's just like the the cloud is there heavily mm-hmm. and you still want to be able to go through life and do your life and not sleep yeah, through funk- it? Is there anything that Get you're up. just like, uh, you? it's almost become instinctual to you now that you're like, I know this is what will help me at this point. So before I even really get going, I'll open my phone, I'll find the podcast app. I have tons saved there that I know are my go-tos. Usually sermons for the morning for me if I'm in a dark place, not necessarily topical things. And I'll just pick one, I'll hit play, and at least I've got some truth kind of going on in the background. And it's intentional. It's like, I recognize this and I'm going to do something. And it takes all your energy just to do that. And I would honestly probably have laughed at a girl that was like, I'm always listening to worship music and I'm always listening to a podcast. But like that became me because I had to have it. Do you think you just reach a point in life though, too, even if it's a hard point or not, mm. it's, it goes back to the wanting to move forward. I will get restless if I don't feel like I'm ha- experiencing some sort of personal growth. Yeah. I yeah. get restless and I've just learned over the past probably year or two that when I'm that restless and when I feel like there's something just like an undercurrent moving mm. through that it's almost always related to I'm not intentionally pursuing personal growth in yeah. any way. I'm just hoping it finds me or falls into me yeah. somehow. And it's, I think it's so interesting. It feels like I'm doing something about it. And that alone is a little bit of a release. Yeah, it's at least a step. And then that stuff starts compounding. And even I joked about self-care, but sometimes for me, it's putting headphones in and taking my dog on a walk. If the weather is sunny, stuff like that seems so silly, but if it's a, it'll start to change my mood or to affect my attitude or my heart, that's a step and I'll take it. And those will just start to compound. And then, you know, I hit lunchtime and I've got maybe more time to breathe And then I can really dig in if I want to. It's just anything that'll take the edge off a little bit. It's worth it. You're the queen of playlists. Do you have a public worship playlist? I do. I was was just asking myself that has the the good stuff on it. It is. So my Spotify is K Holland four. It's just called worship show notes, show notes. It's in the show notes. You can see it there. It's public. I'm pretty sure I have over 100 songs on it. And I, some of my coworkers started following it. So I do update it. So if I get sick of a song, I take it off. So I'm sorry if you do follow me and you're like, my favorite song Make your gone. own playlist. Yeah, make your own. I do. I shuffle it. There's some oldies and some goodies. I've recently been updating some oldies back on there that I got out. So I do. I keep up to date. It's good. Did you put Oceans back on there? Oceans is on there. I knew you were going to ask. But it's one. It's a different version. It's one of the Dirt and Grace versions. It's a little stripped down. A little different than you normally hear. But Oceans has been speaking to my heart lately again. You know what I'm going to ask you. What is one thing you're so happy someone told you about? I am fully unprepared for this question every time. Okay, I'm going to say a book. 
a book that I'm reading right now that just kind of plays in this topic. It's called, it's by Peter Cesaro. It's uh, he has a couple similar. It's about being spiritually self-aware of your emotions as a leader. I and mean, he just talks about halfway through it. He talks about how to, how to dig deeper, how to ask yourself those questions. It's really good. It's just, if you're looking for a tool that you can read to help you like even start the process of becoming more self-aware and to dig deeper this book. And he has two that are very similar, but one is about leaders and one's just like a generic book. Hey, listen, this was a whole new perspective of Kaylee. It's not as fun, is it? It is, But it's still a good time. <laughs> I mean, it is. And here's the deal. The only thing we want from you at the end of every podcast episode is that you're better than when you push play. And yeah. I think this conversation when you can find someone who feels the things you feel and walks through the things you're walking through, you're always better for it. And so go find a journal, go download Evernote, give it a go. See, see if you like it. No pressure. You said you only do two lines sometimes. It's not Gosh, like a 30 yeah. minute journal entry. It's okay. You know it's a day. Just try it. Just give it a try. And we'd like to know how it went. Let us, let us know. And we'll be, we'll share those playlists over at NOTM podcast on the stories. I need more followers. Grow my, grow my base. <laughs> I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review or... You can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C-E-Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.